0: Join us right now on MMA FanCast. We will be talking about Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. It is finally official. Can you actually believe it? Is this actually going to happen? It will. The contracts are signed, ladies and gentlemen. We are just five, six days away from Bellator 180, the largest MMA card in the United States of America, not from the UFC that is exciting it's something to look forward to even if it is guys that are past their prime we're going to talk about that and much much more join us right now on mma fancast So glad to have you back with us here at MMA FanCast. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a lot of good stuff going on in the world of MMA. We're going to cover as much of it as we can here in this 60-minute program. My name is Ryan Middleton, and I am glad to have you here with me. We got a lot of stuff going on in MMA. That's just plain and simple. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Lots of good stuff going on. We have some fighting that's going to take place this weekend. This upcoming weekend at Bellator 180. Which, I got to tell you, I believe this to be not just the biggest Bellator card of all time. But, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that this is the biggest mixed martial arts card in the United States in the history of MMA United States that's not the UFC. So that encompasses Elite XC, that encompasses... Uh, strike Force that encompasses all other, all non-UFC cards, and this is the card of all cards. That's not a UFC card, so that's exciting. Scott Coker has gone on record and saying he believes. Well, and he's a promoter. This is promoter speak. A lot of it, and but there also could be some truth to it. He said that he believes that this is the best card, the best pay-per-view card of the year in all of MMA. So when you stack it up against some of the UFC's better cards, he says it it beats it. Now, I I like the intrigue of Trail Sonnen and, and Wanderlei Silva. I like the intrigue of Fedor Emelianenko versus Matt Mitrione. I like those. Those are intriguing fights to me. I really like the 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 fight of Phil Davis and Ryan Bader uh particularly you got Michael Chandler on the card defending his belt you got all these things now is this the greatest pay-per-view card this year I, it's a great card <laughs> make no mistake about it and and we will be there live we will be um covering this event in person so, uh, you know, I think it's a great card. Uh, however, to I, I, would, I would stop short of saying that it's the best card of the year. Um, I think there's some UFC cards that have been very good cards. And so I would certainly stop short of that. We're going to talk more about that a little later on the program. We're also going to talk more about Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather are going to go at it. And that is reality now. And that is, that blows my mind. Um, yeah, it, it just totally, um, it, it's awesome. And, uh. It's going to happen, you know, we've talked about it on the show previously, whether this would happen, whether it would not happen, and ultimately, it is going to happen on August 26th, and we will talk more about that as well, a little later on the program. First thing I want to kind of talk about is, we got to, you know, this is a a really tough sport, and in a, in a, in combat sports in general is very tough, and There's a mixed martial artist who was in the UFC for quite a bit, um, Tim Haig. And if you remember him, um, his UFC days, I think um, somewhere where you might remember him would be uh, he fought in the UFC. He fought uh, Pat Berry. He beat Pat Barry. He also fought Todd Duffy He fought Joey Beltran So he fought some Some big guys He also lost to Matt Mitrione In his last fight in the UFC Which is like in 2011 He fought in uh, many MMA events Before and after His his run in the UFC um, And actually his run in the UFC Was interrupted by a couple uh, A couple fights Outside of the UFC and then he got to come back, did not really have a very successful um u f c run I think he went uh one and four, but you know his overall record early in his career was very good. He was a ten and one fighter at one point with a win over Pat Barry, which is certainly uh no no slouch there um, taking a look at his Anyway, he left MMA. He fought his last MMA bout last year, about a year ago in, in in July in Russia. After uh he's a Canadian. He's fought a lot of fights in Canada with uh you know, various promotions. Well, the other night he was in a boxing match. He he fought I think his first boxing match in 2011. He's had a a couple last year and then he fought the other night and uh it wasn't good he he suffered a pretty bad concussion or knockout and uh he's now in a coma and so um yeah our thoughts and prayers uh go out to tim and his family um we we really wish the best for him um he's only 34 years old a, a young guy um and uh we just hope for a speedy recovery, hope that, um, something miraculous happens so that he is able to resume and continue, um, being the, not even in the fight game, being the man, uh, that he's created to be. And so, um, just pray for his family. Also, we have another, uh, Matt Hughes, um, he suffered a was in a car accident that involved a train, and it is being reported that he is awake and responsive at this point. Uh, but not much other information is out there at this time. So Matt Hughes is certainly someone, and and if you're a, if you're newer to MMA, if you're a newer MMA fan, um, think about GSP. Well, even it, some of you have even some of you that are listening are even newer fans than that. So, um this guy was a welterweight and he dominated the division for many many years and was a pioneer of the sport. He was a traditional wrestler and could really ground and pound guys out. Became a very solid stand-up fighter but i mean he 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 worked in a day when everyone wasn't as well-rounded and he became very well-rounded one of the first guys to become as well-rounded as some of the guys we see today and so um really a pioneer of the fight game uh and and he is uh fighting for his life at this point. And so um, we just uh our thoughts and prayers here at MMA FanCast and Octagon 24-7 go out to both Matt Hughes and Tim Haig. If you were a good MMA fan, you were up early on Saturday morning. Or if you're a young UFC fan, you stayed up all night, and you got to watch some early morning UFC action on the East Coast. I believe the Fight Pass uh, program started at about f- before four a before five a.m. I think it was four forty five a.m. and the 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 main card of UFC Fight Night 111 Um, Started at 8 o'clock And I think that was a uh, You know, it's pretty fun to watch Wake up first thing in the morning And watch MMA Although, I intended on getting up earlier At You know, 6 And watching, but I, I did fall back Asleep Which is kind of the drawback to that although there are times when i fall asleep when i'm watching a late ufc and have to kind of catch up and and rewatch it in the morning when you you become old you can tend to fall asleep more often <laughs> don't become old i'm going to hit 40 soon that's kind of it's a little bit brutal brutal age um uh, only looking at the date less than a month away Four weeks from yesterday, so not looking forward to that, but also, hey, whatevs. Um, talking about UFC Fight Night 111 with Holly Holm in the main event against Betch Correa. <laughs> Betch is a, a young lady that we got to meet when we were in... Um, we got to meet her in... Cleveland, and she was a pleasant, a pleasant person. And you know, when you see her, and you meet meet her in person, and then you see some of her antics, they don't always match up. And I guess part of that is just going to be what it is, right? Um, you know, it doesn't have to. Sometimes the antics get a little out of hand. And sometimes you're just out there having fun. And I tend to think she's out there having fun. But guess what? When you start taunting your opponent, as she did against Holly Holm, and then immediately gets knocked out by a head kick, it is quite ironic and it is quite funny. And... I really appreciated it. Um, I think that she has a, uh, yeah, she's an interesting fighter, Correa. Um, I don't think, she was very tentative, and I think that, that, that ultimately cost her. She was giving too much respect to Holly Holm in that fight. Not to say that if she was aggressive, then she wins, but um, she didn't really mount any offensive attacks, and they got to the third round, and she still hadn't really been given any kind of aggression. She hadn't she stri- struck was striking air more than she was anything on Holly's body. And I think if you take a look at Holly's face after the fight, um, I don't think she had a mark on her. Which, if you're known as a stand-up fighter, You can't give so much respect to another fighter that you don't even throw punches. and You don't throw like you should have. So that fight occurred in Singapore. And, uh, you know, I heard a lot of good things about Singapore uh, from fighters and from uh, friends. And so um, that's going to have to be maybe next time. The UFC is in Singapore, which could be a while. But the next time it is, maybe MMA FanCast and Octagon 24-7 will have to venture out there. It'll be an expensive trip. We have a good main event for that one. Andre Arlovsky suffered uh, a defeat, a unanimous decision. It was his fifth in a row. Um against Marcin Tibera Tibura. And I you know, I liked I like Andre Olovsky, and th- that's exactly the reason why uh, that's the type of guy you want I wanna see retire. I don't want to see him become a punching bag and have it affect his brain. It's the same kind of thing with Chuck Liddell and, um, you know, all kind of guys. You don't want to see them hang on too long to where it affects them for the rest of their life. And so um, I'm hoping that Arlovsky realizes after five losses in a row that it might be time to hang it up. I think Andre Arlovsky has had a stellar career. He doesn't need anything as far as accolades as far as um I think he's he's made his mark and he's a well-respected heavyweight he's a he's a historic heavyweight and he's not going to do anything to his legacy um in a positive way by hanging around now we've talked about this before it is really hard for fighters to leave the sport now because they're making money, and these are a lot of these guys are guys that fought for almost free at one point, even at the top of the card. So it's hard, and I get it. And you're gonna need that brain, and so um, just hoping he. I'm I'm hoping he makes the decision. I think it's time. Uh the rest of the card you had Colby Covington who this is a this is a young tough guy very good wrestling and he dominated Dong-young Kim for the entire fight and this is a very interesting fighter Colby Covington is cuz he he's in the same camp as Tyron Woodley and yet after the fight he's calling out Woodley and pretty much insulting woodley so very interesting that that is occurring between two fighters who fight in the same camp and he's actually talked about how some of his time sparring with woodley that woodley just couldn't hang with him (laughs) very interesting stuff from colby covington but he might be taking the uh, you know the 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 trying to get on the quick path to um, up the rankings. I don't know, um, but he's very very good. He's got to get a couple more wins under his belt before we'll be talking about him getting a title shot, though. And then you had RDA with a pretty dominant decision win over Tarek Safadine. You know, um, RDA looked good. It was his welterweight debut, and uh, who knows? Maybe him and Colby Colby Covington are on a collision course to face each other in the welterweight division. Takenori Gomi uh, also got a loss, and uh, that was the headliner on the um, prelims. Uh, another legend a guy that um you can kind of see that the sport has passed him by uh however he's he's not along those lines of a guy who's you feel like although maybe you should that you feel like is, is is taking so much head injury um it doesn't seem like He's getting knocked out easily. You know, this was a, a submission. He got RNC'd. But uh an RNC stands for rear naked choke. Um and John Tuxa uh, he it looks like he could be a stud. Walt Harris um looked good in his win. I thought, he's a big boy. I I don't know with his excess just girth. Um, if he could hang with an elite guy like Stipe, I, I'm certain that he wouldn't. Um, not in the shape that he's in at this point. But if he starts going to work every day and 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 taking it as seriously as you know some of the other guys do, who knows what Walt Harris could do? He has he has some. He just certainly has a future ahead of him. So. A, a good overall card, I would say, out of uh, UFC Fight Night 111 home versus Correa. Uh, uh, not much else uh, to really cover there. Now, talking about Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. We've talked about this fight for months now. And it actually is going to happen. I've been listening to different commentators speak about this fight. I've been listening to, um, you know, Jim Lampley. I've been listening to, you know, MMA experts. I've been listening to boxing experts. And they all seem to say... That McGregor has really no chance. That he he could possibly land a haymaker, but that's unlikely, and that you know he doesn't have anything more than a puncher's chance. I'm gonna agree with that for the most part. However, what I am gonna say is. There comes a time in every person's life where they just kind of slow down a little bit. For a running back, it's early. It's like 32 years old, 30 years old is where you're kind of not really the same guy. You're not able... You're going to lose something major. You're either going to slow down, which makes a huge difference. uh, uh, Slow down by... uh, uh, a little bit for a fast running back is huge, or you're going to not have the power. You're not, or you're going to not have the ability to recover from injury, or not be injured, or um, avoid injury. And if you're a power back, you are going to certainly lose some of that power, some of that um, explosiveness, some of that the difference maker. What what propels you to be something special. You are going to lose that at some point when you get older. Guys that rely on power punching at some point aren't as powerful as they were. Now, Mayweather has gone against the grain in that he is very quick and he has not appeared to have lost that quickness he's now 40 years old take go back uh look at uh, his last fight was i don't know roughly by the time he fights it'll be roughly two years so he may hit that point where he loses some of that quickness he just a little bit just enough to be a difference the 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 thing that made him so great was that he's impossible to hit he's such a defensive guy he's so good at movement and anticipation and guys that could these last two years Could have been the difference maker where he's still going to (laughs) be. I don't think anyone, including myself, is under the illusion, and maybe even McGregor for that matter, is under the illusion that McGregor is going to outbox Mayweather. That simply is not going to happen. He does not have the talent, the skill, he doesn't have the experience. He doesn't have any of those things. However, I think that people are selling him short and saying that he really needs to just get extremely lucky. He needs to just win the lottery in order to, to be competitive or to get a win. I if this is the Mayweather of a couple years ago, I agree. The thing I'm saying is we don't know at this point if the last two years has slowed him down just enough to make this fight a little more competitive. To make this fight to to slow down just enough that he could get caught. And I think it's very possible. I think that there is a possibility that exists. That McGregor could win this and shock the world. And that's what he's going for. And he's really got nothing to lose, in my opinion. Unless he looks completely foolish from a legacy standpoint, he does not have much to lose. And he has a heck of a lot to gain. If he somehow comes out of this victorious... Like Dana White said, he is the biggest star there is. He's the biggest. He he, he will be legendary beyond legendary. He's got the mouth that creates... I mean, he's just... A, you look at Eminem. He's a lyrical genius. Conor McGregor is that same genius with the microphone. He is intriguing, he's funny, he provokes people, he plays to the crowd, he plays to his audience, he is willing to play the heel, and in in return he ends up the good guy, he ends up um, fans loving it, and no one has created the kind of buzz in any combat sport. (laughs) Let's not just limit it to that. Nobody has caused the kind of buzz that McGregor has in such a short period of time in any sport. And he you can't take your eyes off him. You want to be at every press conference he's at. You want to see every press conference he does. You want to see him on the microphone. He had a... Interview pay-per-view for crying out loud. This is a guy that is doing things against the grain, things that aren't supposed to work, and people are buying a pay-per-view interview with Conor McGregor. Now, that has nothing to do with boxing, and that has nothing to do with his odds of winning. However, if Floyd has slowed down just enough, that Connor can catch. And I don't think it's as far stretched. Now listen. It could end up turning out that way. What I'm saying is. Mayweather's. Condition. Mayweather's. What. How much he's coming back with. Of his skill set is unknown. And we know that there's a. There's a age where. You you don't have it the way you did. And. I'm saying that he could have hit that age where he starts to decline and that could make a difference. And that's uh, honestly, as a McGregor fan, as an MMA fan, that's what I'm kind of hoping for. I I hope that that happens. That would be ideal for, for me. I would love to see McGregor shock the world i think the world would love to see that to be honest with you everyone outside of boxing boxing that's the last thing they want to see and is the way they've talked the way boxing boxers and the entire industry has talked they give mcgregor zero chance outside of a miracle and maybe that's the case. I, I like to hang on to the chance that he could he could figure out a way to win. And this is a guy that has surprised us time and time again. We should stop being surprised by him. And he brings it. The guy is dedicated to his craft. He's, he, he's, he's phenomenal. And we will see what he can do, what he can do in a boxing ring. And he seems to think that um, he's not as far off as, as everyone else does. We'll, we sh- we shall see in due time. Um, we talked a little bit earlier about Tim Haig and the brain injury and that he was fighting for his life um, while we are recording this um, we've gotten the unpleasant and heartbreaking news that Tim Haig has passed away um, f- his sister posted on Facebook that, that he passed away at some point um, on Sunday June 18th which is when we're re- when we're recording this podcast. So um, our thoughts and our prayers uh, certainly go out to Tim's family. Um, Very sad to hear um, that. Moving on. um, Talking about, back to McGregor. I'm really looking forward to what will transpire with press conferences, with um, the the hype that lead leads up to this fight? I think that I, I'm really interested to see that dynamic take place. the the head games that will come along with this, the confidence that McGregor will show and you know, there's a lot of people saying that McGregor is going to, could get frustrated, and could, be willing to take whatever fine, whatever um, penalty he was he's contracted to get should he kick or elbow or do anything outside of the rules of boxing. That that would make him legendary, and that would um, easily be worth the whatever the fine is whatever the 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 penalty is and just attack if he gets frustrated with you know keeping it to boxing and gets frustrated with not being able to hit um Mayweather that you know I don't know what I don't think he likes to to part with money and there's no guarantee that um that he would end up making more money because of that. As a matter of fact, I, I think it's foolish to think you are Oh, I'll definitely make more money because of that. So I think that's kind of silly, but that's been thrown around a lot by a lot of different people. I I heard Lam, uh was it Lampley talking about that, or no, it was Teddy uh, Teddy Atlas was talking about. Watch out for him. I think he did said something on Sports Center or something. Watch out for him doing something silly or crazy or something like that. Well, I mean, I don't think that that's something you can. If you're you're Mayweather, that's not something you can be thinking about at all. And as a matter of fact, if I'm Conor McGregor, that's something I want Mayweather to be thinking about. It's just like having multiple weapons in a mixed martial arts uh, bout. If uh you have a good shot and you have a good takedown, you know, people are gonna do things a little differently. They're not gonna throw as many leg kicks if they think you're gonna catch the leg and, and shoot in for the for the takedown. So if McGregor can get Mayweather thinking about, you know, is he gonna take a shot? Is he going to kick me? Is he going to lose his temper and elbow me and rough me up? Dirty boxing um is he going to throw a short elbow that might affect you know the clinch that might affect how mayweather mayweather's thinking if you're thinking about is this guy going to elbow me is he going to break the rules then you're not thinking about what's the best way to defend myself right now should i get off the ropes should i all of those things so hey if i'm mcgregor i'm i'm going to use that to my advantage and i'm going to um i'm going to allow mayweather to think that i'm willing to pay that fine and that may i think that very well could be um a part of the strategy i think that very well could be a part of um the mind games that mcgregor loves to play and you know, I haven't seen too too much pre-fight with uh, Mayweather. I know he likes to talk. I know he, I've seen some press conferences where he's yelling, even promoting, where he's yelling at guys and 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 uh, getting guys going, and you know, some of the, what's this, I'm gonna get this guy, that 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 kind of stuff. And so he's he's a gamesman as far as that goes too. So. We have uh, over two months of uh, pre-fight stuff going on until August 26th. I'm just curious. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be riveting. It's going to be entertaining. Um, I I honestly believe that some of the pre-fight stuff might be the most entertaining. It could be a dull fight. We have a, a, a defensive-minded fighter who... Uh, in, in Mayweather who will counter a lot and you have McGregor who um, kind of does not I mean, he's not exactly going out there and attacking people. Um, He doesn't go full on until he has to turn it up. So this could end up just being a boring fight. This could end up being, and I've heard other people say that as well, that, you know, if you thought Mayweather-Pacquiao was a boring fight, then wait till you see this fight. And Lampley said that, but if you watch the Lampley interview, it was before the, uh, and I think he was getting ready for the HBO boxing. and there's this whole HBO versus Showtime boxing, and the promoters, and all this stuff, and the way boxing is, and you can tell that it's, uh, he has a lot of bitterness that the date that was chosen for this fight on August 26th. I guess because there's a HBO f- boxing match on the 16th or something, which would have to be like a Wednesday, a week and a half before. I don't know. Um, maybe it's the 17th or something, or the 19th rather. Um, but HBO has a, 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 ma- a boxing match sometime between a week and a week and a half ahead of that, and he was very bitter that, um, and you could just see the bitterness oozing off of him in this interview. Uh, bitter that they chose the date they did. He thinks it's going to affect both buy rates, and I tend to think that McGregor and Mayweather won't have to worry too much about buy rates. They haven't even started the press conferences, the build-up, the smack talk yet. And once that gets going, wow, this isn't just... MMA anymore. This isn't just the press coverage that comes along with MMA anymore. This is also boxing press coverage. This is MMA press coverage and boxing press coverage. This is unprecedented the amount of press it's going to get. Look at the press that Pacquiao and Mayweather got. Well, it's going to be much more than that. Um, ESPN will be all over it. Uh, Fox Sports will be all over it. And then you're going to have all of the mainstream media that are going to be involved in this. We will be there live on August 26th. We will be doing a podcast right after the event. And so you'll be able to... On August 27th, first thing in the morning, get get immediate reaction from Mayweather Pack uh, Mayweather McGregor on this podcast. But you know, I I I think that um, this could end up being a different fight than what the boxing you know experts are saying. As a matter of fact, I think that. Um, some of the MMA experts, you're like I listened to Luke Thomas today, and he's giving. He's also jumping on board with giving, May, uh, McGregor no chance, and I I just got to say as many times as we've been surprised and the things that McGregor has accomplished warrant giving him a chance, that's, I mean, that's all I'm saying, and he'll, you know, he'll argue that, yeah, I I said he has a chance, but I I really don't, what I heard was not that, from almost everyone, I, uh, from almost everyone I've heard, he doesn't really have a chance, um, and then they say, uh, I just think he has a lot better chance. I think it depends more on Mayweather than McGregor, to be quite honest with you. If Mayweather has is the same fighter he was in his last fight, then McGregor's in a a heap of trouble, and I agree with everyone. However, there's, you can't ignore a guy being 40 years old and thinking that he's going to be just as fast. Just, he's going to be the same exact fighter. He could be, yes. But he also could be a different fighter. And um, I'm not banking on it for the for it to be a competitive fight. I'm banking on it. And but I I just think there's there's a lot up in the air with that. And uh, yeah. Octagon247.com which brings you MMA Fancast will be live. At Madison Square Garden this weekend for Bellator 180, which is, like I said earlier, I believe this to be the biggest MMA card in the United States. And I'll just say North America, for that matter, um, that's not a UFC card. Uh, We will have live coverage there's all kind of stuff going on if you are in the New York area. Lots of cool stuff going on. I'm going to look at just a little bit of what that schedule looks like. I'm pulling up my schedule for this weekend. So, why is this not coming up? What? It's on last it's on the following week. Okay. So there is a press conference um on Wednesday. Uh I will not we I will not be there yet. We will be there getting there on Thursday morning. There's a press conference Thursday morning that we will be uh at that will have all of the uh uh so Wednesday's press conference uh, it's a it's a, it's actually a media day um, and Phil Davis, Ryan Bader, Gallagher, Machita, Gracie um, are among the attendees there. Uh, they uh, you know that's a noon Eastern time press conference. Like I said, we will not be able to make that one. However, we will be there for Thursday's press conference. Uh, that takes place at 11 a.m. And the attendees are Chael Sonnen, Wanderlei Silva, and I don't know if you've caught the interviews with Wanderlei Silva. He has basically said he does not know what will happen when he is in the same room with Chael Sonnen. So I wonder how far they're going to keep these guys apart. I will be there live to let you know. And... uh, and yeah, it's it's looking good, but basically the entire um main of m- main card uh cast will be there. Fedor, Matt Matrione, Douglas Lima, Lorenz Larkin, Michael Chandler, the uh, all the entire uh main card will be at this uh press conference. On Friday they have the official weigh-ins at nine o'clock in the morning, and then beginning at four p.m., uh, they'll open the doors uh, at Madison Square Garden in the theater, and it'll be open uh, for the fans. And at four thirty, Bellator has a meet and greet with the Bellator girls. Then at five o'clock, there's an MMA Legends question and answer. This I'm very much looking forward to. Tito Ortiz, Randy Couture. Hoist Gracie and Dan Henderson will be there for this legends question and answer. Um, These are some of the biggest legends in the sport. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, If you haven't seen it yet, you can go on to the Octagon 24-7 YouTube page and see my interview with Hoist Gracie. I haven't really... Pushed our Facebook page very much. But, uh, or not Facebook page, but our um, uh, YouTube page. So go check that out. Um, A one-on-one interview with Hoist Gracie and myself. And then at 6 o'clock on Friday, there are the ceremonial Bellator weigh-ins. And that will be streamed live at bellator.com. Then at 8 o'clock, or is it 9 o'clock? I think it's... Uh, let me see here. It's a f- action-packed evening. Okay, eight o'clock. Dave and Buster's at Times Square. There's Bellator MMA Fan Fest. It's an RSVP event. Um, so that will be with T- Tito Ortiz and Hoist Gracie will be there. Um, so that takes care of that. Takes care of Friday, and then Saturday's the fights. I don't think there's any uh, festivities um, on Saturday at all that I know of, uh, but we'll be covering all of this live and in person um, from Madison Square Garden, and you'll be able to go to octagon247.com. We'll have tons of pictures, tons of tons of stuff, we'll, we'll also um, be podcasting, we'll put out a Couple uh, special podcasts for you. Very interesting. Um, in case you're wondering, there is there are 5, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 fights um, on this Bellator 180 card, five fights on the pre- prelim card, which is uh, a Bellator.com. And Ryan Couture is the headliner on that against Haim. Gozala. So that's the uh the headliner on that. Bellator.com. You can you can see that um I believe beginning it around 530. 530 or 6 that should start. Then at 8 o'clock on Spike TV, Phil Davis, Ryan Bader, headline, and that's an unbelievable headlining card. And that'll bring um, a lot of um, eyeballs onto uh, the, the promotion saying, hey, order on pay per view right now. Here's the, and I'm sure during the television broadcast, they're going to have a lot on Spike TV. They're going to have a lot of promotion previewing the, the pay per view. This is only their second pay per view ever. And I believe it's a very high quality pay per view. Um, There are four, three, three championship fights. Michael Chandler, Douglas Lima, Phil Davis all defending their belts. That doesn't even include the, the top two fights. You have a grudge match, of all grudge matches, two people that by all appearances truly do not like each other, in Chelsea and Wanderlei Silva. And you have the, the the fight that was highly anticipated and was supposed to happen. I think it was Bellator 172 or 173. I think it was 173 off the top of my head. Fedor Emelianenko, who is widely considered the greatest heavyweight in MMA history, went on a very long undefeated streak, but never did it in the biggest shows. That's the knock on Fedor. I mean, he it, okay. I take that back. Pride was the biggest show in the heavyweight division back then. UFC and and uh, Pride were kind of neck and neck for a while, but but Pride always had the what appeared like the better heavyweights. I, I think most MMA fans, longtime MMA fans, will agree with that. That Fedor um, or that that. Pride had the greater stable of of heavyweights. I mean, this is back at a time when when Tim Sylvia was battling Andre Orlovsky for supremacy in the UFC heavyweight division. Those two were kind of holding down the fort for the division back then. And um there were a lot of guys, honestly. There were a ton of guys in Pride at that time in the heavyweight division between Fedor, between a a bunch of guys um, that were uh, very solid, very solid stable of fighters. Fabricio Verdum was there. um, And, you know, a a whole host of guys. So I think most longtime MMA fans will agree that Pride had a better stable of heavyweights at the time. And while Fedor didn't always fight the number one contender, over the course of this 10-year period that he didn't lose a fight, he fought most of those guys. He did fight them at one time. He had other fights in between. So he wasn't like, you know, when you're the UFC heavyweight champion, every fight's against a top one, two, three, four, five guy. Um, unless you're, you know, Michael Bisping in the, you know, middleweight division and fighting the 13th ranked Dan Henderson. Um, which is an exception to the rule. Essentially, um, Fedor fought the top guys over time. But he also fought some novelty type fights as well. But he went under undefeated over that ten year period, and really proved himself to be a beast. Now, if you've never seen Fedor fight, I think watching him fight over the last couple years, um, here's what I'll here's how I'll sum up who he is today. I think. He is extremely dangerous, and he's most dangerous in the first couple minutes—first two to three minutes. If he catches you in that first couple minutes, because he comes out ferocious, and he does have that—he um, has that Tyson advantage. And when I say that, I mean guys come in there intimidated they're facing a guy that is legendary. They're facing a guy that has gone and banged and gone toe to toe with the best of the best of the best. So he has that mystique when he gets when you're looking at the on the other side of the the ring, or the cage, whatever it might be. Um from him, you are intimidated. I will say that it's not as bad as it used to be because he has faced some losses and he has people have shown weaknesses of his particularly over the course of time when he was in strike force and, and actually got cut by strike force under Zufa ownership because he just wasn't cutting it. And, I find that a little bit interesting that they could have kept him under contract and brought him over to the UFC and didn't, and then tried afterwards. I, I don't know. All, that, all of that is very interesting and odd to me, but it is what it is. Essentially, um, he's never fought another UFC banner. I don't know what obstacles they were going to face trying to get him over there, but you know when you're losing three or three fights in a row in strike force, like how are you gonna bring him over to the u f c Maybe you don't cut him but what else can you do um I don't know if there were, what what options existed with his contract. It doesn't seem like there would be a whole heck of a lot that they could have done um but you i mean he's so legendary that I think he could have sold those fights like they're selling. This fight, um, I think he has that appeal, but I I, I'm tend to wonder how much Bellator is paying him, if they're not even relying on him to headline a fight, if they're only relying on him to co co main in this fight. You know, when you when you take the rivalry away, is Sonnen versus Wanderlei Silva really worthy of a headlining over? Fedor and against anyone? I would argue that he's not. And unlike the UFC, Bellator will have main and co-main events that aren't title fights with title fights below that on the card. UFC always has their title fights at the top of the card, no matter who it is. If it's women, if it's men, no matter who it is. But Bellator, I think... They're drawing people by having legends. And that's what's bringing people their product. Now, the question will be, can they develop the talent that A.J. McKees... Can they get... See, I think that they should be featuring a lot of their young talent... As part of the broadcast on Spike... Uh, with their young talent, they need to they need to develop their own young guys... These legends aren't going to be around forever, so you need to start bringing up your own stable of guys. You're, you need to find a John Jones. You need to find these young guys. You need to find a Loyota Machida, and you're you're working on it. You're, you're you're getting the brother, and you know if you want to compete, these guys are all going to want to go to the UFC. Most of them, anyway. You have your exceptions with Lorenz Larkin, who has had had experience with um bellator had experience with ufc and has recently signed on with bellator um but those are still going to be exceptions to the rule until you start to feature the young guys you start to make the young guys the feature attraction that's the challenge is um using the legends to promote To bring more eyeballs to the talent that is your homegrown talent. You need to bring up your own guys. You can't just keep taking guys that are rejects or too old to compete anymore. And you could argue that these guys aren't that, but uh, I'll tell you they are. Wanderlei Silva is not competitive in the the UFC. Chelsson is not competitive in the UFC anymore those guys were both long time uh, Chael at middleweight and 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 uh lay at light heavyweight those guys were both long time um, and I think Chael fought a couple fights at light light heavyweight later on but those are both long-time guys but they weren't competitive any longer and it was time to see them go and Bellator steps up, and, and listen. This whole talk about Chuck coming back um, and fighting—I hope is—I heard Wanderlei Silva talk about it now in, a, in an interview with Ariel Helwani. I—I I don't want to see that. Although I would be nice to see Vanderlei and Chuck go at it again. But hey, I don't—I still don't want to see it. Even though Chuck—it's the chin. It—it it has nothing to do with the skills or the—it's chuck's chin it was gone and and um and as a as someone who you know you see you see this stuff that's happened when when you take these shots and i just don't want to see him take these shots i, I mean tim Haig is one one example i mean that's just reality of life and last thing in the world i i i want to see um happen. So, um, well, that'll about do it. We will, um, be back later in the week with some more, uh, special podcasts, but, uh, Bellator 180 podcasts. We'll be talking about our experiences, our interactions, uh, behind the scenes stuff. And we hope you will, uh, join us for that. We'll also have stuff on, octagon247.com on a regular basis. So check out the photo galleries, check out the behind the scenes stuff. You know, part of the challenge of um of being in New York and being trying to get video up on the website is that we can't always upload it quickly. Um or the internet's, you know, not not high speed enough, not I uh, upload speed enough to get good video uploaded. So we'll try to do as best we can. We'll, we'll be taking plenty of pictures and videos and and uh, posting as much as we can. Uh, so um, that'll wrap us up. Um, on behalf of Octagon247.com and MMA Fancast, this is Ryan Middleton signing off saying thank you so much for joining us and we will see you again later in the week thank you and god bless